Hello and welcome to the Lager Talks podcast with myself, Remy, Jimmy and Maya. In this episode, we will be discussing our experiences, the positive and the negative, with beer during the pandemic. This will culminate with the much-coveted and ideally last as well as first Lockdown Beer Awards. We will also have our blind taste feature and today we will be trying Purity Brew's Ubu. Hopefully this brings a more cheerful dynamic to what has unfortunately been a horrible time for the majority of people. But enough with the negativity and on to the beer! Lovely Ubu. Ubu. Oh, what hoppier than I remember it being, you know? I've actually never had this out of the bottle. I've never heard it cost. Oh god, it stinks! We'll keep that in. Yeah. <laughs> Said the beer lover. <laughs> oh yeah, god, it smells like beer. Oh, <laughs> who made this? Do you know what? This actually isn't the worst beer I've oh, ever had. You better. For a, an ale, it's actually quite nice. Okay, here we go then. Lockdown beers. Drinking culture has had to change fairly significantly over the past 10 months. And with that in mind, we wanted to explore how that change has been felt, as well as if it has affected what we are drinking. Now, this topic's called lockdown, but I guess really it kind of transcends the whole of the pandemic with a little bit of a focus of when it was, you know, particularly tight and we were all, all locked in our little little hobbit holes. So does anyone have any initial thoughts? There's, there's kind of a range of things we can talk about here. I think it's been really interesting with the kind of lack of routine that a lot of us have experienced during the pandemic and lockdown that I think for a lot of us, it's taken a a certain amount of control to not drink every day. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, you, you obviously a lot of people have gone one of two ways. They've either kind of turned to the to alcohol, not in not really as an alcoholic, but just as something to do and to kill time and to mix it up a bit and break up the day. And then other people have kind of turned off alcohol because maybe they only drink socially anyway. So if you're sitting at home, they kind of see no benefit to having beer or wine or whatever it is. All people are trying to be healthy and just have shut off from it. I mean, I find I yo-yo a bit and, you know, there'll be some weeks where I've got no interest in it and other weeks where, like you said, you're kind of doing it to break up the the monotony, I suppose. We're quite good at not drinking during the week, but I'd say definitely throughout the first lockdown, the second lockdown and into the third lockdown, drinking at the weekends has kind of been the marker of, like, getting through the week. Well, yeah, it, it's the thing that breaks it up. What's the difference between the week and the weekend? Will I get to drink at the weekend? Yeah. That's, that's kind of it, isn't it? You yeah, know? definitely. I mean, I was quite militant about when it when we first had the you know serious lockdown, really making sure that no alcohol was consumed Monday to Thursday. Because <laughs> that kind of, if nothing else, gave a little bit of like structure to your week as well. Yeah, with everything that happened, meant, meaning that we were basically just at home all the time, I think we actually ended up maybe at the weekends drinking more. I think as well is when you are sort of at home, like it's um, it's very easy. It kind of snowballs, like so on, even in one session, I mean, not, not drinking every day, but say it's like Saturday or Friday night or whatever. When you're at the pub, you're like, oh, do you, if it's, especially if it's busy, do I want to get that pint if I'm going to lose my seat? You know, <laughs> do, can mm. I be asked yeah, to queue yeah. up? Uh, actually, oh, I have got to put my hand in my wallet and, and, you know, whack some cash on some beers. When you've only got to reach into yeah. the fridge, it's a, it's, it's a difference. And, he, and even I've had that a couple of times where I'll be like, oh, I'm feeling a bit knackered now. I have one more drink and I might 
have like a, a whiskey and ginger beer or something like that. And in my head, I, I'm not going to finish this. <laughs> but, you know, if you're out, you wouldn't, like you said, you wouldn't be spending five quid on a short or whatever it was. But at home, you're like, well, five quid? You could tell you don't live in London. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? I thought that was, I'd round it up, if I'm being perfectly honest. <laughs> you would be lucky to get a short for five quid in London. I mean, you'd be lucky to get a pint. A delicious pint. Actually, I think that does really play into a lot of what lockdown has meant, especially during summer when we did have a bit more freedom and we could meet up with people, you know, meeting up with friends in the park and and seeing people that way rather than spending the whole time in the pub really highlighted how much money was being spent on beer and drinking in pubs. In it's pubs. not like we weren't spending bit money on bit. The beer was being drunk. It was just in in the pub. The beer was still being. Yeah. Yeah. It was just yeah. in cans at the local off licenses convenience. Mm. Would you say that's actually a bit of a secret silver lining though? In that in the summer, probably spent more time in parks than say in a pub. And actually, you know, there's nothing wrong with pubs like pubs, but it's probably better and cheaper to be in the park with your mates, surrounded by a nice bit of greenery chilling in the sun obviously you wouldn't do that in the winter unless you really liked the rain or, or the mud or whatever it is yeah but yeah that, that's potential silver lining maybe yeah i think definitely like i've spent way too much time in the pub probably that when i could have just as easily been in the park or if you're lucky enough to live near it at the beach with my friends it, it really highlighted that the pub had become such a central point of socialization and actually what happens when that is no longer available do you replicate that somewhere else or just lose it completely and i think so many of us were like well no we need to replicate it somewhere else and that's where you know the park drinks and things like that really came into their own Mm. and do you think because obviously traditionally the idea of drinking cans or whatever it is in the park is seen as as, you know negative connotations Mm. do you think kind of culturally now when things go back to normal, like this summer coming, if all the pubs are open, will there still be people? Well, let's just go and buy some A hundred percent. Like, especially for people who have had a tougher time of this, you know, and maybe aren't as stable in their jobs, they're going to want to see their friends and they're going to want to socialise. But especially living in London, they might not be able to sit in the pub for eight hours and, you know, spend 150 quid. But they could sit in a park and buy, you know, a bottle of wine or six cans Mm. so yeah i i do really see that going forward on the flip side i i really miss the pub and so i am also really looking forward to a day just spent in the pub and i do think that a lot of people have missed that so i do think i don't think the pub is going to have died let's just say that no it's more i was it's seen as almost like an asbo Mm. thing isn't it drinking in a park and i wonder whether the kind of the connotations around it will kind of die now or whether people go back to being a bit stuck up and going, look at them sat over there with their cans. I think there is, as part of that rehabilitation, I think it's kind of helped that we've seen this kind of explosion in canned craft beer because no Mm. longer is it just people drinking Super K, Fozzies, uh, or or Super Tenants, another, another excellent beer for a headache. You know, people aren't just drinking that. Sulfites in a can. Mmm, delicious. You know, a different sort of setting. You've got all this sort of craft beer in cans. I think people instead are having and it's kind of rehabilitated it. And also all that craft beer tends to be pretty summery anyway because it's usually like IPAs, APAs, 
double hopped IPAs. It's usually pale of some description. Pale, smaller size cans as well, which you know, no one can be scared of the three thirty mil. Yeah, can. you know, it's not it's not a, a five hundred mil. Water. Although what what people are conned out there is number one, they're inevitably more expensive, and number two, it might be three thirty mil, but it's also probably between six and seven percent. I mean, admittedly, the super Ks and things like that of this world are. are I do think there's just so much more choice now for that kind of thing, like in beer, but also you look outside of beer, you know, gin in a can, gin in a tin, or you know, however. Gin in a tin. However, it's described. Things like that are gonna lean themselves to park drinks, like whereas before, it might be, oh, I'll pick up a gin in a tin, you know, for my for my pre-drink while I'm on the tube on my way to go out. You know, those sort of things and and the amount of beer that you can get now that's of high quality in a can lends itself to it. Yeah, you can also, you know, just fill up your chilies bottle with, you know, <laughs> five measures of straight <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. And then just put a straw just, in it on the way, on your commute. Yeah. Just put it in your eyes. Just really enjoy it. Have either of you had hard seltzers? I have had months? hard seltzers. Now... Obviously, they've been a really big thing in America for a while, and I'd been desperate to try them, but none of our local places had had them, and then they were in Aldi, and so I bought every flavour that they had. Most of them were utterly disgusting, but the lemon-lime, I think if you go for the kind of citrus flavours, they basically just taste like a citrus sparkling water. I, I invented the hard seltzer with my gin and soda. Gin and soda, gin soda with, a lime. with a bit of lime, yeah. That is the point. cheapskate drink. When I used to work in a bar and we weren't allowed to give like free drinks to our friends, but we could kind of give heavily discounted. And I used to say to them, if you have soda, I can give this to you heavily discounted. But if you pick a tonic or a lemonade or whatever, yeah. I have to charge you so much like more. <laughs> So I was giving out hella load of gin and sodas. Um, um, I mean, they've saved me on a number of occasions. Yeah. When I've been feeling a bit worse for wear. Oh, yeah. Just a little gin and soda. Wait, the hydration. Yeah, and the, the idea in the back of your head, which is nonsense, being like, this is water. I am not going to yeah. feel this tomorrow. Sorry to be the nose here, but I feel... Uh, whilst we've all we've, we've all gone great, away from beer. We've, we've wandered from Wait, a little not, bit from yeah. beer. <laughs> The militant is so, back. So <laughs> uh, I'm back. I'm uniformed up, and I'm ready to enforce um, dominant styles. Has Has anyone had a dominant style during lockdown? Has it changed? Have you done exactly what you did before? I think you hit the nail on the head with the kind of the summary. Well, certainly for me, fruity beers that you can, you know, I've not been sat at home drinking pints and pints of old rusty nail or whatever it's called. You know, <laughs> badger's foot. Yeah, a fusty ferret. Oh, delicious thirsty ferret. Quite like that. Yeah, definitely more lager for me. Yeah, lager. I mean, uh, I kind of thought about it. And obviously I did drink a lot of lager. Who doesn't? The dominant style in the world. But actually I, I did go through quite a lot of ale, I'll be honest. <laughs> Not a lot of it craft. There was that, that purple patch, what I consider a purple patch, where my local Lidl, uh, you know when they have like the stuff they just buy random batches of and that that's it for like, you know, that you'll never see yeah, it again. Yeah. Luckily, my random Lidl stopped loads and loads and loads of black sheep velo for a few weeks Ooh. and that is an excellent beer but i remember ha- i remember vividly having it at a pub before i went to <laughs> vividly yes, having it before seeing god shit who was it what they called who disclosure sorry i had it before i went to see disclosure at Ale- alexandra palace terrible gig but uh the pint was unbelievable 
Uh, and yeah, I, I save save by yeah, the pint. Yeah, literally saved by the pint, and that was unbelievable. And I really enjoyed that kind of two weeks when I I just bought all of it. You bought so much. I just bought all of the Velo they had. But having said that, I did also go through, you know, a big Budvar phase. My local corner shop, he was reliably stocked. Uh, the Czech Pilsner and there was a while where I just really savoured its biscuity taste I really enjoyed that yeah there is something particular oh the Velo is the is that the cycling yes, one yes yeah yeah it was done because you know they had the Tour de France in Yorkshire and now they have yeah, like the Tour yeah, de Yorkshire yeah. and that I can't remember what it's got in it I think it might might have cardamom in it or coriander 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 orange and coriander I just looked it up I didn't know that it's, yeah. I mean I'm not usually one for bits and bobs like that but they've they've absolutely nailed it there yeah, I mean, for me, a lot of lager has been consumed. Actually, probably more... You you can admit to drinking cider as well, Maya. Yeah, so I'm here as the, non, the non-beer drinker. And while I have to be present for a certain amount of beer and beer festivals and all of those sort of things, you know, you both know that I'm not the biggest beer drinker, but I've actually had drunk quite a lot of lager during this whole time and haven't drunk a lot of cider, which is usually my tipple of choice go-to. my go-to yeah but yeah i've drunk a lot i've drunk a lot of lager but light lagers very unironically quite a decent amount of corona quite yeah. a decent amount of soul things like that you know that are just easily drinkable like anything with a bit of lime in um which will come up later desperados not desperados france's you know, finest produce do you know actually yeah. i remembered this the other day for a while in like 2012 to 2014 Weatherspoons did a version of Desperados that was cider. That's disgusting. So it was cider, tequila, or was it rum? No, you know, it was tequila. Cider, tequila, and lime. And I can't remember what it was called, but it had like a Mexican wrestling match- mask on it. And my God, they would get you. Yes, I know, I know what you mean. You... What? Yeah. I know the one you mean. Yeah, and I drank so many of them in the early in the early 2010s, like, so many, because they were on the sort of Weatherspoons deal where you could get, like, two for a five or a two for six quid or whatever. And I'd imagine they were fairly high percentage. Yeah. Getting you know. them with the A-bomb as well. Yeah. And then, you're, you know, you're on, your, you're on your way. I remember that being a big thing in a bar that maybe I won't name <laughs> in, in the Medway towns. There was a lot of Desperados and, and Jaeger bombs being had in one round, which is just vile. St- they have it on draft. <laughs> <laughs> It's the only place in the world that has desperate. It's actually brewed there on license. <laughs> yeah, it's imported direct from wherever the hell France. it's made, which is obviously not yeah. South America. Cans, bottles, kegs. Did anyone change what they were kind of drinking out of a lot? So it was obviously in the summer. It was heavy bottles and, and cans. But actually, as we got into the winter, I'm I'm a bit of a, a furry little cask ale drinker. Bit of a bit of an old man. I kind of got seduced by the keg, and I, and I ordered two black sheep best bitters uh, online off their brewery. But then when I was in Tesco, because I'd, I'd never hadn't used one before, I saw they had Ghost Ship by Adnams on a keg, and I got the keg, and it, and it did work relatively well. Not the the uh, the black sheep one was a lot better than the Adnams keg, but then I I really enjoyed it. It was great. It, it wasn't as good as cask, but like it was some way there. Yeah, and they're about. 20 to 25 pounds aren't they each so it's well, and get them yeah, cheaper it's a fair old you go straight to the brewery yeah and then but i mean as much as i enjoyed it i then unfortunately did drink the whole eight pint keg in one day and that that did lay me low the next day there was something in it i don't know what it was but yeah beer. But, yeah, <laughs> beer. but yeah beer now I, I think the kegs are an opportunity that maybe lockdowns probably provide a bit of a bit of a boost to and there's definitely been i think um, a growth in that 
side of the market, I would say. Statistically, I'm sure more people have been out. Just, again, gives people something to do. Mixes it up. Yeah, polypins. I'm a machine. I haven't done any research, but I'm guessing firkins and polypins from breweries directly have probably gone up in sales as well. And and they've also had to try and sell it is the other thing because obviously if they're not selling it to the the pubs, I think uh, you know a lot of the breweries I follow and stuff are saying you know we've had to re-keg or they've like recanned some of the beer that was destined to pubs and was just sitting in the warehouse and they're selling it cheap mm. like certainly like local breweries they're saying look if you come and collect it you know I mean it wasn't it wasn't free but it was certainly cheaper than buying it in the shop well yeah they said 80 million pints of beer have more gone to yeah waste, had yeah. have gone to waste this year like it's 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 a massive loss and also, you know, especially for smaller microbreweries and people who were just getting started, like how how is anyone supposed to, how, what business is supposed to survive this? Yeah, it's a lot of a... And a, what long-term effect are we going to see on the beer that's available from it? I don't know, really. I mean, maybe that'll have an impact in the style. I don't know. I can't think off the top of my head as to what style would be dominant after something like this, but maybe it will. Well, one of our a tenant on one of the sites we look after is um, the DPD trade team, who only do, who do all the pubs and stuff, and that's they've got a massive site with you know it runs twenty four hours a day, transferring like thousands of kegs, millions of liters a year, and they've they've closed the site, you know, and they've literally shut up shop, and they've still got like three years left on the lease, and they've just gone, not even going to try and bring it back, just just let know. it go. Just let it go. Oh, dear. Yeah, let's get on to a bit more positivity. Yeah, let's try and keep what, positive. Um, without, without denying the fact, obviously, it has been a bit shit. Um, what are we looking forward to when we get back to the boozer? Apart from beer. Obviously, looking forward to beer. I particularly am looking forward to a, a big... I am looking forward to that bit where you're in the female toilets of a proper pub and it doesn't Oh, here we go. And it doesn't it doesn't like it happens in every female toilets, but when you're in the female toilets of like a bit of a man's pub, I'm not talking about a bar, but I'm talking about the kind of what I would call The places that Remy takes. Just Remy takes me. Like the old men pubs Remy makes me go to. Mm. Like in the women's toilet, and there's usually only one toilet. And there's never a queue because there's about... For the, for the one woman in yeah, there. Yeah, because there's only about four women in there. But, you know, the friendliness of the female toilet. I'm always in there way too drunk because I can't handle beer. And there's another woman in the toilet. And it's just a sort of a range of things. It's either a friendly nod to one another or a nice little conversation. I just miss that. Just the, the, the random interactions that you have at the pub. Obviously, I want to see my friends... Even more so, I want to see my family, but I miss the, you know, the the strange interactions you have with people that you don't know, because that's what kind of, you know, they're the things you remember and they're the things that you laugh about and you go back to your table and you're like, oh, some woman from the toilets just said this to me and you all have a laugh about it. And that's just completely lost because we can't talk to each other at the moment. You know, we can't see people we know and love, let alone strike up a conversation with a stranger. So, yeah, mm. for me, that's it. I think, um, one, this is a little bit niche. <laughs> a little bit less philosophical. It's a little bit less philosophical, I'll be honest. And it doesn't... I, I, just, want yeah. <laughs> I just want fucking beer. I just want a frothy pint of bitter. Um, it doesn't necessarily apply to all pubs. So maybe not your traditional, like, you know, a really traditional beer pub. Maybe not to them. And those are the pubs, you know, they're my favourite pubs. They're the pubs with lots of cask on, everyone's dead friendly, and the food's nice and stuff like that. But you know when you go to that kind of, 
almost chain pub, maybe not as nice pub, uh, and you're there with with your mates, and you've had a couple of pints, and then you get the the sharing platter of beige, and, and everything's beige. It'll be like chicken strippers that are battered, chips, always battered mozzarella, mm. a variety of di- nachos, stuff like that. A nice plate of yellow. Lots of lots of yellowy khaki beige food, and you know when you're a bit pissed and you're with mates, and you know it's not the best place you're in, and it's obviously not great for you the food, but it's like really enjoyable and sort of. It sustains you. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how to describe it. It's stodge, basically. The big 18, 18.99 plate of yellow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then maybe you get two for like 25 quid or whatever. And if you're lucky, they bring you food that aren't yours and you eat it all before they come back. Yes. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> that, happens, that happens statistically. <laughs> what about you, Jim? Probably somewhere in the middle of your yours too is kind of less philosophical, but also less objective. And as much as I must admit, obviously, Six Nations started this weekend... And I think the thing I'm missing them will, you know, is kind of hit home is the all day in the pub for the Six Nations, you know, Super Saturday. Yeah. That has got to be, goes down as one of the best days of the year, kind of certainly with it comes to pub drinking. I mean, I'm not a massive sports fan, but have certainly missed watching sport, like live sport in the pub. Mm. And then watching the rugby with people in the pub is kind of the epitome for me of of live sport watching so that i think is really one kind of in in a particular event i'm going to miss because obviously it's not going to happen this year round so now it's going to be next year round where you might get to have it pile everyone into a a booth in the pub few people sat on stools tough luck that's eight hours for you with cramping your legs barely move you can't see you can't hear but you're all there together. And... and then when your team does score, it's like, you know, there's fucking pints going everywhere. Like, you're covered in Guinness. Mm-hmm. You don't even like it. Do you remember Six Nations two years ago, 2019, that we spent in Birmingham? In Birmingham, yeah, yeah. That was, that and was good. And obviously I was there supporting Wales. We won the Grand Slam that year. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we won yeah. the Grand Slam that year. Yeah. yeah. And do you remember the, the really pissed up bloke just taking a piss against the bar? Yeah. You wouldn't see that now, would you? Right, but I'm, I'm glad we wouldn't see that. Yeah, now, I mean, I don't fair. miss that. If you were lucky, you might. <laughs> it depends. If, do you have a bar in your house? <laughs> I do miss that. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly what I'm talking about. You, like you said, you don't get that in your kitchen. Uh, I it's think... the, like, anything goes on match day. And I think uh... especially growing up for me in a city like Cardiff, which was obviously so overtaken so regularly with the, like, match day feeling... That is definitely really missed in not just pubs, but like whole cities, that feeling of like, oh, it's match day. Yeah, I mean, I kind of, before the France-Italy game yesterday, I was like full of like adrenaline and I was like really buzzing, but I, I didn't know what to do with it because I was like, why are we not, like, where, uh, where is everyone? Like, why are we not piled <laughs> yeah. in? Like... Yeah. Do we think, you know, obviously we've spoken now about that's been difficult for us as well but a lot of that's been based around like big occasions mm. do you think as well something that's that's been quite important to people that's been missing is the inability to just like go for like one or two with your mate and just have a chat it might it might just be like on a wednesday after work or whatever it is and kind of like let steam off that way i think definitely for me yeah it like in my particular job, so much of my relationships with the people I, I work with is is built around the pub and going to the pub after a difficult day and debriefing and, and getting to, to do that. And that is so missed. And, you know, you can chat to someone as much as you want over Teams or 
WebEx or you know whatever platform you're using but it's it's not the same and you definitely don't get the same level of honesty it's so easy through a computer to say like yeah mate I'm fine whereas if you were in the pub it would be like oh this happened today what a load of shit so yeah for me I've missed the the social event of the pub so much absolutely (laughs) and we've covered that topic now well done everyone (laughs) shall we crack on with the lockdown beer awards so there are four awards there's the best park tinny who doesn't love a metallic lager there's Mm -hmm. the least satisfying pint either of you had or including me we had when the pubs were open or, or when takeaway was an option then there's the best takeaway pint and then last of all, there's kind of the best lockdown pandemic beer. Admittedly, that is just a fancy name for the best beer you've had over the last 10 months. But I would prefer it to be something you had at home as opposed to from a, a pub or, or a takeaway brewery or anything like that. So let's crack on with number one, the best pop tinny. Tinny Jimmy, Jimmy the Tinny. Jimmy the Tinny said, I went with something that ticks all the boxes of metallic-y, crafty, summary ale and i went with beaver town's gamma ray um which quite fond of beaver town i mean i know remy has you have a bit of a problem with them due to their ownership and it's not that it's just it's not that it's not it's just something i leapt on and have never let go i'll be honest though if i owned them and then they came with that offer i'll be like yeah go on then yeah Yeah, you're not saying no are you come on yeah you bit my head off in the summer and i was like yeah i've bought 48 cans off their website or 24 cans whatever it's a bit it controversial i just don't like the way it tastes yeah i mean i i really like gamma ray i'm not a massive fan of the others they're fine but they don't do too much for me but uh, yeah that's it really small can summary refreshing nice. tasty. i like it and it does make sense it is summary hoppy i, I see it my what about you it's not a tin so feel like a bit of a cheat but i'm gonna go for a sol drank a lot of sol in the summer in the park it is one of my favorite beers and i know that makes me really basic but I love to soul. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. Yeah. Soul, crisp. I, I don't know anyone who doesn't love exactly. Soul. Exactly. Yeah. It's a great you know. summer in the park mm-hmm. beer. It actually thrives in the park. Soul is better than Crider as well. 100%. 100%. There's no 100%. So I have gone down a slightly more budget route than perhaps James has. And I've gone a different route to you because mm. mine is actually in a can. I have chosen the Polish beer Lek. Ooh. I, for some reason, Ish. had a. a, a, a I just, I just really enjoyed it. This you summer. drank so much I, Lek. Yeah, this I drank summer. a lot of Lek. I was probably asking for a lot of headache, but I thought it was just a good, crisp, clean, metallic lager. Okay, so on, I've decided I'm going to be the judge here between all three of us, uh, and I think, I think Jimmy probably gets the the win. Gamma Ray gets the best oh, park tinny. Cheers. I've decided off my own back. I'll, I'll let Beavertown know that they've won yeah. this auspicious award. Least satisfying pint when the pubs were open, the one that really let you down. You know, that it could have been a takeaway or when you could go in, something you were really looking forward to, and then for whatever reason, it just it really fell below the mark and hit you in the face. So mine is not particularly... It's more disappointed or by myself, really, more than anything, you know, rather than the beer. And that was during the summer when the pubs were open. It was um, my, one of the locals we go to has a pretty poor 
selection of on tap beers, shall we say. The cask is good, but the like the draft isn't great. And they only and the hop house was off, so it was Stella was best of a bad bunch. And I don't mind Stella, but at the same time, if I can avoid drinking Stella, I will because I'm a bit of a beer snob. But yeah, so and it actually was really tasty and I really enjoyed it. So it wasn't a bad pint, but it was more kind of my choice of pint that I'm disgusted at. I like that. That's a good take on things. Yeah, Mara? mine is a bit of a cheat. It's it's not a beer, but it's a cider. I had it was like when things were first opening up and you could meet people. Remy had met one of his friends in central London and I sort of went to meet them a bit after and they'd been at this pub drinking pints of landlord all day, which isn't a beer that I would pick to drink. So I was like, Do you know what? I'm gonna have my first pint of cider i'm really excited i I, i'm a bit annoyed because i I can't actually remember what cider was on but it was a sort of standard fizzy from draft cider it wasn't like a scrumpy or anything like that and the cider i got given was like warm and flat when it should have been cold and fizzy and it was just so disappointing it tasted like piss Sure, sure it wasn't a pint of landlords. <laughs> <laughs> Mine was, I went for a couple of beers in London Bridge uh, with a few work colleagues when you know you could like have a beer and you could stand outside the pub, type, that type of yeah. scenario. Um, and the beer I chose to have in there, they didn't have any real cask on, but I didn't have any cask on, so I had to have something uh, on, on keg. And I had Camden Pale. I have nothing against Camden Pale in general, um, but for whatever reason, maybe it was the way they kept it, whatever it was. Yeah, it was awful. It's really bad, and it really made me sad at the time. So then I moved on to whatever lager they had. It's the worst feeling, isn't it, when it's the first pint of the day or the afternoon, whatever it is, and it's a bad and You just think, oh, I've been waiting for this. Yeah, I'd say it takes the wind out of your sails. And when you're in London, it takes the money out of your pocket. Yeah, exactly. And that also yeah. cost me £28. Best takeaway pint? The pint was Kuna Big Wave which is probably one of my favourite beers of all time. I just think it's a great beer. I just, I don't know. I mean, they say it's a gold nail, but I don't think you really can call it that. I'm not convinced by that, that I'll be honest. What would you say it is? Fizzy. I (laughs) I don't know. I mean, yeah, I suppose the thing is, what they're trying to say is it's not like an IPA or anything like that, and it's not a lager. So they've probably just settled on ale and, you know, it is golden coloured. But yeah, I don't. I think if you gave it to an, an Englishman and said, "Oh, would you like a gold nail or an amber ale?" and they said, oh, "I have a gold nail," and you gave them that, I think they'd probably spit it out all over you. But I think it's great. I think they'd probably say it was an IPA. Maybe it's quite hoppy. Yeah, I I don't think it's that hoppy Do though. You know maybe I, I haven't had it. And I last time I had it, I was a um, a pitch and putt. Not pitch and putt. What's the other thing? Driving range. And that was maybe four years ago. So actually, I haven't, I don't know what I'm talking about. For me, I'd have to say, so we were living in East London in the first part of the lockdown and when things first opened back up, we went to a place called Forest Road Brewery. I can't say that word, which doesn't work, doesn't bode well for a beer podcast, but um, yeah, and I had their sort of general lager and it was so good. And at that point, they were also doing a two pint frozen margarita. So I had a pint of lager and a two pint frozen margarita, which was just the best day. Amazing. Um, One big glass all yeah, mixed together. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, 
it wasn't. But yeah, the lager was really good. It was really nice to support a sort of local... I was going to say, they're actually they're a great brewery as Yeah, well. a local place. Um, they were really friendly. They had really good, you know, COVID protocols. They were only letting one person in. So in London especially, there was a lot of like queuing for, for pubs that were serving pints. Um, and it was nice to go there because it felt orderly and safe. But then also the pint was very good. So yeah, I'd have to say Forest Road. Yeah. Was that their, was that their tap room? Yeah. Yeah, the one, um, the one in... up by London Fields. For me, it was exactly the same place, but it wasn't their lager. It was their pale ale, Easy, which I think yep. sat at like 3.8%, something like that. It was just like, it was nice. It was refreshing. It clearly been kept and everything well. It was just, it was exactly the kind of takeaway point I needed. And then I did also try their IPA work on another occasion, and that was also very hoppy and delicious. I didn't pick a winner from the last two, so least satisfying pint will be mine because it was fucking awful. <laughs> <laughs> you you know that you know yeah. that for a fact. And I know that for a fact. <laughs> the best takeaway pint. What was yours again, Jim? Mine was the big wave, but I think really it should just be you know Forest Road. Yeah, just, Forest yeah. Road. Just get it. Forest Road can clean that up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well done to Forest Road. Great service. Great beverages. Okay, cool. So best lockdown beer, Jim. Fire away. So mine was a beer which I'd actually never had it before, though I had seen it before. And it got sent to me by my brother. He bought me a crate of it um, and it was really good. It's called um, Jake's Session IPA and it comes in bottles and it's actually made by Hush Heath Brewery. Not a brewery, sorry, winery. So they're Hush Heath, make bottles of wine down in Kent and they make some fairly famous English Sparkling wine and white wine. It's really nice. Uh, and it was because we'd been to the, the vineyards kind of last year. Well, I'd say it was the year before last now because he bought me the beer last year. So a couple of years ago, we went to the vineyards and stuff and had a good day there. So in the summer, he just sent me a crate of this Jake's Session IPA and kind of got it out. Thought, oh, that'd be all right. And it was absolutely delicious. Like what beer should be. Like, not overly powerful, not overly potent a good session beer that you can just sit and have yeah. loads of it and, and not really kind of, you know, the thing is now all these session beers that are, like, Oh yeah, it's a session beer, but you have three of them. And the first one, you think, God, that's really tasty. Loads of flavor. By the third one, you just feel quite sick. Whereas this didn't have that at all. It really was what I would call a proper session beer. You could sit there and have quite a few beers and not feel, and it was low percentage. It was, it was lovely. Oh, nice. Maya, what about you? Mine would have to be Tiny Rebel Key Lime Lager. We went to Wales in August and managed to go to the Tiny Rebel tap room that's in Cardiff uh, that I've been going to with my father for years. Since she was 11. <laughs> well, no, it wasn't open when I was 11. And I tried the Key Lime Lager and it was delicious. And then when we were back in London and lockdown two was coming in, so November, I bought a load of it from Tiny Rebel and I have drunk a lot of it. It is delicious. If you like a light citrusy lager, then yeah, I would recommend it. It's so lime flavoured, but without tasting like artificial lime. So it doesn't taste like you've put a load of lime cordial in it or something like that. It tastes like pure lime and lager. It's absolutely fantastic. So drinkable. I mean, I definitely, definitely think it's a summer beer rather than a winter one but i drink it all the time so yeah I'd, I'd go for that every day and you are right about it being not artificially limey as well yeah it does really taste like lime yeah i know that's a ridiculous thing to say 
but I, you know exactly what you're trying to say is yeah. what, what you're getting at with you know it does taste like genuine someone squeezed lime into it yeah, it is hell of a refreshing beer yeah hell of a refreshing beer for me it was heaney's dry stout so I think I think Heaney, so they're Irish. Uh, I think Heaney's might operate out of a farm. I could be wrong, but I had a bottle of it, and it was, you know, I'm not a huge stout drinker. I, I quite like stout, but I wouldn't, you know, it's not my go-to style of beer. But when I fancy it, I like really fancy it, and it was just really good. It was like rich. It was like coffee, and I think the best description of it would be, you know, when you look at a pint of stout or porter, and you think that is going to taste and be nutritious. That's what you got. Yeah, I got that. I felt I felt like, you know, if it was 1950 and I was in hospital with, like, septicemia, if they gave me Heaney's... That's what they feed yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. To bulk you up. Yeah, I would be, you know, Popeye after that. And it was it was amazing. Yeah, I loved it. I thought it was, I thought it was a cracking beer. So, I'll be honest, I'm going to go with Key Lime Lager because I, I do think it's been a bit of a revelation, that beer. Yeah, yeah, I'll have that. I, I actually quite like it as well, so I'm not going to knock you. So here we have the blind taste beer. You both have it in front of you. Could we start by you describing its look? Ambery, very ambery. I think I have an idea what it might be, or certainly I've got a guess. Yeah, it's it's an ale, I would say. You know, it's it's cask, it's flat, it's well, either that or Anna's not poured it particularly well. <laughs> I would call it an amber ale. Yeah, I'd say it's ambery. I'm guessing, I'm going to assume it's not lager, purely by the colour. And because it's a bit fizzy, I'm guessing it's been bottle conditioned, maybe. And if you try some and tell me what it what it tastes like. I know what this is. Yeah, I think I As in, thought I knew I'm it. definitely familiar with it, but I'm now panicking. I thought I thought it might be Doombar. <laughs> no, I don't think it is Doombar. It's, it's something that I think I've drunk like. 25 pints of before so it's not it's not doom bar so what style Fuck. i think i think this might be a bottle conditioned bitter okay but there is a bit hoppy though isn't do it? you do you both think that you do you recognize the taste do you think you've drunk this before yeah. yes 100 percent. 100 percent. i've drunk fucking if you were to this. guess how many pints of this you've drunk in your life what would you guess? I think this is a lot. I think I've drunk like 150 pints of this. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't think my, I'm as quite that high. But yeah, I've certainly... It, it's it's very nice. Okay. So what style are you guys going for? You think it's a bitter? I think it's either a bitter or an amber ale. I don't think you can get any closer than that. I, I was going with amber ale, but then, yeah. It, it's one it's or not like a, like, you know, a generic northern style bitter. It's not like... It's not that. It's a bit too hoppy for that. What percentage do you think? Four. Four and a half. Four, four point two. Yeah, something like that. Okay. And where do you think it's from? I'm only accepting quite specific answers for this one. I really can't think of what this is, but it's really annoying me. Because obviously it's from England, yeah. is what you're it's getting de- at. It's, it's definitely, definitely more from that. It might not be from England. It's definitely from the United Kingdom. Okay. I'd go so far um, as to say it's definitely from the great from Great Britain as opposed to anywhere on Ireland. God, this is doing my head in because it's I can't I know it. It's a bit biscuity. It is biscuit. It's nice and biscuity. See, I was convinced by the sharps earlier, but you've put me off. You were so adamant it's not. I, I, don't, I, I haven't drunk sharps for God knows how long though. 
Like I think I honestly think I had last time I had Doom, but I think was potentially six years ago. My God, I avoid it like the plague because I remember I had a pint once in like a Weatherspoons, and it just it was awful. So I think like put you off. Yeah, it's not. Speaking of, it's not shipyard, is it? No, it's too dark. It's too dark to be shipyard. I, this is bloody. This is good. Just right? just in case we've gone completely off piece here, it's gonna be like an American. I'm gonna tell you this now. Hmm. You're both going to kick yourself. Yeah, I know. But I need a place. Okay, I'm going to randomly... This could be wrong. And actually, if I say this, it means I haven't drunk 150 pints of it. I'm going to randomly say Dorset. Okay. Jimmy? Kent. Okay. Oh, it could could be bloody shepherd name, couldn't it? What situation would you have it in? Pub. Yeah, I'd watching the rug, watching the rugby. Yeah, pub, rugby, sport. An all-day pint. An all-day pint, yeah. Yeah. Probably... I wouldn't have an or with a ro- or with a roast dinner. Yeah, I wouldn't have an issue with it in the summer. I'd probably happily drink it there, but it would probably be even better. Okay. In the in the winter. So thumbs up, thumbs down. Thumbs up from me. Up. Okay. And any final guesses? If one of you can guess the exact <clears throat> drink that this is, because I have faith that you both should be able to. I feel like we've said it, therefore, and like between us, we've we've said it. I think it's more on the Kent side, I'll be honest. Tastes more Kenty. I for some reason I thought it might be Thirsty Ferret, but then that might just be because we said it earlier today. We said it earlier. But it could be something for Shepherdine. So what are the three so the three big ones from Shepherdine are Master Brew, Spitfire Spit, oh, Spitfire and Bishop's Finger. I'm, maybe it's Spitfire. Say the Bishop's Finger thing. <laughs> don't think it's gonna be Bishop's Say Finger. It. <laughs> I don't think it's autumn red. I think I I'm gonna go with Spitfire, yeah, Spitfire, Amber Ale. Okay, Spitfire. I don't think it is, though. I okay, don't. so I'm going to rattle off some facts. <sighs> okay. Bruden, America. <laughs> Bruden, New Zealand. <laughs> it is 4%. Okay, we, 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 yep. were, we, were, we were good there, yeah. Yeah. It's an Amber Ale? It's a pale ale. What? Oh, this is Whitstable mm. Bay. It is Whitstable Bay. Yeah. Ah, yeah. As soon as you said it was a pale, even though it doesn't look like it, Whitstable Bay. Yeah, so this is Shepherd Neem's Whitstable Bay. This is actually not a bad pint. I mean, I know someone who works for the Whitstable Whitstable Brewery who was pretty apoplectic when they released this. Not anymore. (laughs) Yeah, good point. (laughs) But I remember it being a big issue five years ago or whatever. They also have got a lager of this, haven't they, I think, Shepherd Neem? Yep, they have Whitstable Bay lager. It's actually not too bad. How many pints of this do you think you've drunk in your life from? In all fairness, I do I do think I've probably drunk like a hundred pints of this. Exactly. Like. That's what I mean. It's definitely something you've both drunk a lot of. Yeah, it's it's in a lot of um rugby clubs. Yeah. Knocking around the south. Yeah, rugby clubs like nice restaurants like it as well because it's it's all right out of a bottle. You don't have to have it on, on, on tap. You did used to see it a bit I did notice it was on quite a lot in Shepherd Name pubs in London, but I know mm. they're Shepherd Name pubs, but Yeah, caught out by the colour. That's what yeah. we yeah. ourselves down on. Massively. So so far Nil for two. I, I would say yeah. we were a lot closer this week. <laughs> Way we closer week, this week yeah. than you were last week. I also we we got we got we got the the location. Yeah, yeah. Jim, you got the Spot location on. straight. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, we get we're getting there. I think next week we'll nail it. If, if they tell us what it's going to be, we might. <laughs> <laughs> if we cheat. <laughs> okay, cool. So. Let's go into the beer review then, for what we've been drinking this week, which is Ubu by Purity Brewery. So I've actually had quite a lot of 
purity, to be fair, over the past sort of decade. Ubu, Mad Goose, Longhorn and Lawless are kind of their most pop, what I perceive as their most popular. I see them most about. Ubu's an amber ale, Mad Goose is a pale, Longhorn's an IPA and Lawless is a lager. Longhorn blows your head off. Longhorn has got a bad reputation for A, blowing your head off and also giving you a, a, an awful hangover. But it is delicious. And I think what they did quite well with Longhorn as well is they, they shipped out all these these pint glasses with like big handles yeah. onto pubs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They do the proper. And, and it was really good. Um, but they also do a gluten-free session IPA, which is quite cool. Uh, and they've worked with Maisel's Vice in Bavaria to create a Hells uh, that I've never tried. The brewery's mission is to brew great beer without prejudice, uh, with a conscience and a co- with a consistency and an attention to detail, which is second to none. Um, but what's quite interesting is it is on a working farm, and they do have this like commitment to be environmentally friendly. Um, so they use heat exchange and steam recapture technology to make it efficient. They use the spent grain on their, their cattle and their geese. Uh, they recycle their water into a wetland system they apparently run, sort of close to the brewery. But they obviously filter the water to make sure it's pure before it goes in. Uh, and they also bought a big canning sort of unit years ago so they could can on site to make it a bit more carbon neutral. And they did win whoever Insider Made is, but they won their UK Sustainable Manufacturer of the Year in 2015 and 2016 as the Midland Sustainable Manufacturer, which is which is pretty cool. So what does everyone think about Ubu? Which, oh sorry, one not the last quick one, well I've forgotten. Ubu was named after the dog they had when they first built the brewery. Uh, apparently it was a bit of a rascal and uh, it left paw prints in the wet, wet cement that's in the brewery. To this day apparently now i need to give full disclosure i'm not sure if this is because i've already drunk half a bottle of wine and two gin and tonics but i actually quite liked it and i usually <laughs> turns out when you're pissed you <laughs> <laughs> this is everything that i would usually avoid i.e an ale and i mean i do have to be really honest i've nursed my drink and i haven't finished it and, and shared it around i've drunk it and that is a lot more than I would usually do. It's quite palatable. It's quite sweet. Not like really sweet, but definitely sweeter than a lot of ales I've had. Like I wouldn't describe it as a sweet drink, but comparatively it's sweeter than others. And it's quite smooth. And yeah, I mean, while I would probably only ever drink one pint of it, it's not disgusting, which for me is quite high praise. (laughs) Four out of five. Yeah. (laughs) Would you like to, to raise from not disgusting, Jim? Uh, I think it's lovely. <laughs> Good. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I like Ubu. I like pretty much anything Purity do. The tap room in Birmingham is great. Nice atmosphere, nice people that run the brewery. I always kind of think whenever you go into a pub, if it's got Purity on tap, it's going to be a fairly decent place. It's kind of a good, it sets the bar pretty high for me. If pub has Purity, it's probably going to be a decent pub. I like Ubu. Uh, it's not my favourite one of theirs, if I'm being perfectly honest. I quite like the Bunny Hop, which is their kind of seasonal one, like the low. But actually, I say seasonal. I think they've started doing it virtually all year it's round. It's a lot hoppier, isn't it, Bunny Hop? A lot hoppier, quite low percentage. Terrible in a can, though. Oh, really? Terrible. Yeah. I don't know why. Don't like it in a can, but on draft, lovely. Yeah, it's all good. But yeah, the Ubu's really nice. Again, I could sit and quite happily drink a load of them yeah definitely i mean it's only something like it's like four and a half percent as well so it's not yeah it's not too much bang for your buck yeah you can get it pretty much anywhere that's always got to be a perk as well no i i agree i quite like ubi what i think is quite cool about it is that it's amber so it looks like it might be mostly like malty or biscuity but actually because they've whacked a load of cascade in it 
it's got that kind of flowery, bit more springy, summery kind of side to it. Pretty much the same to you in that I, I quite like purity and everything they do, and I do usually assume the pub's all probably a decent pub if it's got purity on. Mad Goose is good. I'd probably sling quite yeah. a lot of that down me before. And even the Lawless. I've You know, mm. if that's on, if, if I'm having lager and they've got that, that would be my lager of choice. I have 100%. definitely been the victim of the Longhorn hangover before. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I took, with James came out with me a couple of years ago into Mosley and <laughs> he fell off a cliff <laughs> after about four, four or five Longhorns. He was struggling to hold the glass. One of the, you know, it was the, like the glass you mentioned. He was properly like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay, no more of those. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, I, I think it's generally a pretty good beer. I mean, it's interesting. In, in the website, they describe it as having a sweeter finish, which you picked up on, Maya. Yeah, I'm quite impressed that uh, I managed to get that. <laughs> yeah, it was good. I mean, I'm not so sure about the dark f- fruits they say it has. And apparently, I don't know. I think you know it's a bit fruity, oh, and I think it's fruity in a way that isn't citrusy. Now I've had a bit, I can now see the dark fruits, but yeah. I'm not sure if that's just because I've read it. It's brewed with Marisotto, Crystal, Black and Wheat Malts. Uh, I'm guessing the Wheat Malts might lighten it up a little bit. Marisotto, I guess, is where it gets like its base from. It's quite a typical UK malt, I think. They do, they've got quite a good selection if you look on the website. Yeah, they've got a lot. They do have a lot. They have a lot more beers than I remember. They've got a, a black, an unfiltered black IPA. Yeah. And a bitter. Yeah, the bitter. They've got a best bitter that they have in memory of one of their founders who's now died, unfortunately. But yeah, all round, it sounds like we're all big fans of Purity Brewing. Yeah, I think they're a great, great brewer. Yeah. You know, they're kind of, they're not upsetting the scene too much, but kind of just enough, if you know what I mean, for a young brewer. They're not out there knocking out cans of crappy craft left, right and centre. Yeah. But what they are, you know, but they are also not just knocking out old fuddy-wuddy beer. You know, the beer they're knocking out is good quality. They're kind of doing it with the environmental approach. People should aspire to that kind of, that want to make beer. Definitely. And like, I didn't really realise that they were set up as long ago as 2005. Like, because I've, I've kind of noticed brewery, uh, brewery, purity maybe like six or seven years ago. And it's definitely got a lot bigger since then. But that kind of shows that obviously this has been a, a sort of a sustained effort, a labour of love as it were to kind of explode as they had so yeah on general all, th- all thumbs up everyone for yeah Ubu. definitely yeah 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 excellent thumbs up all round that's it from us this week we'd like to say thank you to everyone who's listening hopefully you enjoyed our discussion about lockdown beer experiences and hopefully we will be able to talk about more positive pub experiences very soon if you are giving us a listen, don't forget to follow us over on Instagram where we are Lager Tops Podcast and consider subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you so much and we will see you again in the very near future. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.